It looks like American colleges won't be alone in making vaccination mandatory for any students who want to return to campus next semester. Despite the White House's determination that vaccination shouldn't be mandatory by law, more than 60% of American companies are reportedly leaning toward requiring proof of vaccination from their employees. Well, crap. Hi, you're listening to Write From Karen. My name's Karen. This podcast is about a little bit of everything. My life, my writing, book reviews, politics, and religion. Grab a cup of coffee and get comfortable. I have a lot to say about nothing. Hello, welcome back to Write From Karen. Hey, it is May 1st. 2021. It's 10 o'clock in the evening, and I'm back, bitches. (laughs) Did you think you'd ever hear from me again? Well, here I am, losing my voice. So where in the world have I been? Well, if I can talk, I'll tell you. I'm gonna take a quick drink here. I have been sick. The month of April was rough for me. Um, I know what you're all thinking. No, I don't think I had COVID. I mean, I guess I could have had COVID, but I don't think I had COVID. I had a bunch of sinus issues, really stuffy. I actually lost my voice one week, which is one reason why I didn't do a podcast that week because I literally couldn't talk. Um, I mean, I talked, but I sound like a, you know, I don't know, one of these sexy smoker actresses, you know, back in the 30s, (laughs) which might have been okay for some of y'all, but no, it was not pretty. And, uh, and then the second time I just was just too tired to do it. Um, I don't know what I caught, it might have been a sinus infection, I don't know. But it was rough. Uh, A lot of pressure, a lot of headaches, and it just wiped me out. So I had pretty much zero energy in the month of April. But I'm back now. I'm feeling much better. And life is moving on. Um, just a quick life update before we get into the nitty gritty. I will have a very challenging month of May. Which, by the way, side note. Can you guys believe that it's May? Dude, It's we're going into the fifth month of 2021. Think about that for a minute. Dude, it's already May. Does that not blow your mind? Is that not crazy? And not only is it May, but we're still wearing freaking masks, right? I mean, who would have thunk? When is this nightmare ever going to be over? But anyway, Back to my life update. We'll get to that in just a moment. Oh, trust me when I say I have a lot to talk about when it comes to that because, well, anyway, we'll get there. Anyway, so my life update is um, we are going to be down three medical assistants at work. Now, for those of you that don't know, just tuning in, hi, welcome, first of all. Um, I am a medical assistant. I work in the neurosurgery department and I work for nine neurosurgeons. Yes, you heard that correct. I do work for brain surgeons and yes, they are just as arrogant as you think they are. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. These are all really great guys and one woman. There is one woman neurosurgeon that works with our group. They are great people. They really are. They're hard to get to know. But once you've gotten to know them, they are very loyal, they're very kind, they really look after us, and um, they are challenging to work for because they're very, very smart individuals, and they're very demanding individuals. So um, it's very challenging to serve up, if you will, patients for them to see and take care of. So we are going to literally be down three people in May. We've got two quitting, right? Is that right? We've got one quitting for sure. Uh, One is having surgery. Now she'll be back, but she will be out the entire month of May, perhaps even June, depending on how fast she recovers. Who am I missing? Um, The other one we just haven't had any applications for. So, well, 
actually, we haven't had any applications at all to come to, you know, for that matter. Um, <clears throat> so that means I will be a minimum of working three clinics per week. I typically only work two because I do only focus on one surgeon. Each surgeon has his own medical assistant. And the one I take care of, I've worked for now for about seven years. I've been his medical assistant. I know him pretty well. Um, but I'm going to have to fill in on the other teams that don't have a medical assistant. So I'm going to be super busy taking care of those doctors' patients, along with returning phone calls and answering messages and getting ready, you know, uh, for upcoming clinics and making sure patients have been scheduled for appointments that have been seen. It's just, it's going to be a madhouse is the bottom line. And I am looking forward to getting some overtime. So it's going to be crazy, but I'm looking at it as a challenge. Um, I'm feeling good. So thankfully, silver lining, I am not feeling bad. So I am mentally and physically prepared to handle this crazy month that's coming up. Um, but also, I wanted to say that we are not getting any applications for the job. And um, that is disturbing, to say the least. <clears throat> um, they haven't been getting any applications really for any positions and not just where I work. This is across the board. Ev almost every industry out there can't get people to, to come in and work for them. And unfortunately the, the, the people, the employees that are working currently are being worked to death because they're shorthanded, they're having to cover extra shifts and ever res uh, extra responsibilities and duties and being having to be cross trained in different areas. And um, yeah, it's it's rough out there, guys, it's really rough, um, trying to find people to hire to come in and do the job, because I think it's largely because the government has paid people to stay home with these asinine, astronomically expensive, stupid ass stimulus bills that have gone out and checks that have gone out to people. Um, even though on one hand, I get it. I get it. I mean, people have been hurting. A lot of businesses shut down because of these stupid lockdowns. Um, and they didn't have any income, couldn't pay their bills. I totally get that part. And, and I understand you know, we needed to help those people because it wasn't their fault that they were thrust into the middle of this problem that they did not make and did not want. Thank you, government. Um, so I get it. But as per usual, with anything government related, they've overdone it and they've made an, a, a small problem into a big problem. And now they're making an even bigger problem by trying to clean up their problem, which is, you know, just normal government crap, right? So anyway, being human beings, and being human nature, people are choosing to stay home and get paid. I mean, some people, I think it's in in the east somewhere I heard some people are getting $1,100 a week, a week. Most people don't even make that in a month. So of course, I get it. You're going to stay home when you're going to collect those checks. I get it. I would do the same. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Why not? Right? Um, so I get it. But as usual, it is causing an even bigger problem because now people are not incentivized to getting out there and getting a job, which means companies are finally being able to open up but they don't have any workers to work. So either they're opening up and stretching their extending their um, existing staff to the limits, or they're opening up but not to full capacity just because they don't have the employees to handle it. So once again, the government has put us in this catch 22 situation. And it's cutting their nose off to spite their face. And here we are. So 
the reason why I want to talk about this primarily is because it's really on my mind and it's really heavy on my heart and affecting me personally because at some point I am confident and I'm hoping that this point doesn't come for quite a while, not for quite a few years, I'm hoping, but I don't think realistically it's going to work out that way. But at some point, my employer is going to mandate this stupid freaking experimental injectable. So I am mentally preparing myself to make some changes. Because I'm going to tell you and the rest of the world and anybody from my work that's listening that I will not get this experimental injectable, that I will not consider getting this experimental injectable until it has been run through its paces and it's gone through all of its trials and it's successfully passed all the tests. Because as of now, the last time I read anything about it, there were no successful animal trials. And yet, here we are. People are getting it. The government's encouraging it. Um, they're getting to the point where they're coercing, coercing, I can never say that word, people into getting it by, by saying, hey, if you get it, we'll make your life easier. We will allow you to go on cruises. We will allow you to go to sporting events. We will allow you to go to concerts. But if you don't get it, you cannot do any of those things. So <clears throat> I can handle that. Okay. I don't care about sports. I could give one crap about it. Um, you know, I don't care about concerts, though. It'd be fun to go to some, uh, my life will go on without them. I can go without cruises. However, that's not good enough for the government because that's not, that's not properly incentivizing people out there to get the jab. We're going to make it so that you have no choice but to do it. So we're going to pressure your employers to make you get the jab. And if you don't get the jab, you won't have a job. Or why stop there? Why not just extend it to grocery stores or, you know, any other essential, quote unquote, business Um you can't go grocery shopping unless you can prove that you've had the vaccine. Or you can't, I don't know, go to church unless you can prove that you've had the vaccine. I mean, just, just basic essential survival things that you need, you're not going to be able to do without the jab. This is already happening, by the way. There's a hospital in Houston that I think they said four out of five people have been vaccinated. So the majority of people that work there have been vaccinated and they're giving them a deadline of June 7th, I believe, for the ultimate deadline on getting the jab. And if you don't have the jab after that date, then you no longer have a job. Now, this is the first hospital in the country that I know of that has implemented this rule. I'm sure there will be others following. Um, I think at this point in time in my personal life, the hospital I work for is currently up to about 56% employees have been quote unquote vaccinated. So I'm hoping that that percentage works in my favor. Um, because it's going, to be, it's going to be really hard for them to fire 40% of the employees that haven't gotten the jab. Whereas it would be, it would be more likely to fire people if the percentage of people that got the jab was higher. Does that make sense? Um, <clears throat> because, I mean, there's already a huge shortage of medical personnel across the board, not just nurses, medical assistants, but across the board, they can't get people to come and work for a number of reasons. One, like I said before, the government's paying them to stay home and, and do nothing, which I get, 
I'm not slamming people doing that. I get why you're doing it. It's a human reaction. I would do the same. But there's that. And then the other uh, is people just don't want to work. They just don't. They just don't want to come in and work for the money. They want to come in. They want to show up and get the money to do nothing. So there's no motivation to do anything other than just show up and put your hand out. So all of this to say, I feel like my days are truly numbered at my job, which is a shame because I love what I do. I really do. It's challenging. It's satisfying. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm always on, on my toes. I'm having to multitask and, and juggle several balls. Um, it's, it's been, it, it's been quite a ride these past 10 years, I'll have been a medical assistant for 10 years in September, which, again, blows my mind, because I never in my wildest dreams, ever thought I would end up in the medical field. I never had any intention of doing anything in the medical field. I never had any desire to do anything in the medical field. And yet, here I am. Um, I know what you're thinking. Well, Karen, how did, if you didn't want to be in the medical field, why, how did you end up in the medical field? Well, well, dear listener, let me just tell you, it all started with Obama. I got nervous 10 years ago and I didn't know what was going to happen with our health care. And my husband is self-employed and any of you self-employed people out there, you know that any kind of healthcare program is unbelievably, unbelievably high and crazy. And it's astronomical how much you have to pay for a family of four. So I knew that whatever job I had, I needed to be sure it was secure and that I would never have to worry about losing our health insurance. So stupid me, or maybe wise me, I don't know, you decide. I thought, you know what, healthcare might be a good field to go into because I mean, what is the likelihood of healthcare workers losing their healthcare, right? So I applied at the hospital and I was hired on as a scheduler to begin with. And I was a scheduler for about two years before my director approached us one day. He had crunched the numbers. They're trying to save some money. And they said, you know what, girls, because there were four of us, um, we're going to eliminate your position. We're going to integrate your duties in with our existing medical assistants so that they can do what you're doing in addition to rooming patients and running clinics and things like that. So if you want a job, then you're going to have to be a medical assistant. If that does not interest you, then it was nice working with you and good luck. Well, I mean, it was a no brainer for me. I had to have a job. We had to have health care. So I became a medical assistant. I learned on the job. I had no formal training, no formal schooling. And I apologize to any of you out there right now that are cursing me because <laughs> you've gone to school and you've racked up the debt and, you know, to become a medical assistant. I'm sorry. I just kind of fell into it. And it's been quite a challenge. I'm not going to lie. There were days I would go home crying, sobbing, shaking like a leaf because I was so stressed out. It was like learning a new language. It was like being plopped in the middle of a new culture where I didn't understand the rules. I didn't really know the people. I didn't know the language they were speaking. and I didn't know how to integrate myself into this new world. And it was it was a challenge. But 
I got through it and I'm very proud of myself for that. I, to me, this will go down as one of my all time most challenging tasks in life was learning how to navigate healthcare. But now that I've been doing it for close to 10 years and I'm, I feel like I'm very good at my job and I, I feel like patients like me and all the doctors like me and I get along fantastically <laughs> with my coworkers and I love them. They're awesome. Um, now I find myself at a different crossroads and of not my choosing and not my making. Of course, to be fair, my first crossroad was not of my choosing or my making as well. Um, but here we are. And it makes me sad to think that I might be pushed out of a job that I'm very good at and I really like just because the government is forcing me to do something that I don't want to do. And when you think about it, what happened to my body, my choice, right? Now, I'm going to touch on a very touchy subject. But if you know me, you're not surprised. Because I believe that we should think and talk about these difficult subjects. And that it's okay to disagree with each other. The sun is still going to rise tomorrow you're going to be okay. So if you disagree with my opinion, so be it. I hope this doesn't make you not want to listen to me anymore. Because my sole intention of bringing this up and talking about it is to be thought provoking, and perhaps introduce a different way of thinking, or just a different opinion. I don't say anything to belittle anybody or to judge anyone. It's my opinion. This is what I think. So this my body, my choice thing. I think you know where I'm going with this. The people that are out there that that are okay with abortion, that tout my body, my choice, and they want to keep abortion legal. I agree with you. I think it should be legal. I think it should be your choice to do what you want. It is your body. However, I do draw the line on the reasons behind your choice. Meaning, it is your body and your choice. But what you're contemplating killing, destroying, is a, is a living being. And it's not a choice that should be taken lightly. It should not be a choice because for birth control reasons. Um, I, I draw the line there. Um, I, I hope that most of you out there never have to make that decision. Uh, just know that there are options out there. If for any of you that, you know, don't want to keep the baby, maybe you can give it up for adoption. But my point is, ultimately, it's your body. You're the one that has to house this living creature. You should have the right to say what happens to your body. Not just in relation to abortion but for any thing. And that includes my decision on whether or not I want to inject myself with God knows what. It's my choice. And the fact that the government is trying to swoop in and take that away from me makes me extremely angry. So here we are. This is where we are. And I am sorry that this is something that I seem to harp on and focus on and obsess about. But guys, this is going to ultimately change my life forever. And not just my life. I mean, 
thousands, millions of people are out there facing the same kind of dilemma. We are going to eventually be forced to do something we don't want to do, we don't agree with, we don't even know if it's safe. Because all of this has been rushed through with the sole intention of getting, getting life back to normal. But here's the kicker. It's not getting back to normal. Anytime soon. Case in point, Biden's last speech, which I don't know if anybody watched it. I watched parts of it and I was so bored. I couldn't stand it. Um, but he and everyone in the House, including the vice president and the speaker of the House, all had masks on. They're all fully vaccinated. They're all socially distanced. Why are they still wearing masks? Why does the CDC insist that we continue wearing masks for vaccinated people? I mean, I thought that was the whole reason for the vaccination was so that we could get back to normal. And yet, we're not. Um, let me find this link here. Let's see. Yes, here we go. It's on from the CDC website, domestic travel during COVID-19. And these are restrictions between vaccinated and non-vaccinated people. So if you are fully vaccinated, take the following steps to protect others if you travel. When you travel, you must, you must wear a mask on planes, buses, trains, and other forms of public transportation. Avoid crowds and stay at least six feet apart. Wash your hands. After travel, monitor self-monitor for COVID-19 symptoms. Isolate and get tested if you develop symptoms. You do not need to get tested or self-quarantine if you are fully vaccinated or have recovered from COVID-19 in the past three months. You should all still follow travel recommendations. So you've been vaccinated, but you still need to quarantine or you don't need to self-quarantine, but you still could get it. You guys do know that, right? Just because you've been vaccinated, you can still get COVID-19. Just making sure that you know that. Now, Domestic travel recommendations for unvaccinated people. If you are not fully vaccinated and must travel, in other words, implying that they don't want you to travel, take the following steps to protect yourself and others from COVID-19. Get tested with a viral test one to three days before your trip and hope that the test is accurate and it's not coming back a false positive because there are a lot of tests that are doing that. So you have to wonder how accurate the tests are to begin with. Then, while you're traveling, wear a mask over your nose and mouth. On planes, trains, buses, other forms of public transportation. Avoid crowds, wash your hands. And then after you travel, get tested again. And stay home and self-quarantine for a full seven days after travel. And even if you test negative, stay home and self-quarantine for, for a full seven days. And then if you're test positive, isolate yourself to protect others from getting infected. If you don't get tested, stay home and self-quarantine for 10 days after travel. Self-monitor for COVID-19 symptoms, isolate and get tested. Follow state and local recommendations. So not a lot of difference between vaccinated people and non-vaccinated people because you cannot tell me, myself included, that I'm going to come back from a trip and I'm going to self-quarantine for 10 days. Mm, no, that's not happening. And I'm pretty confident in saying that's not going to happen the majority of the time. So my point being that we're going through these experimental injectables with, this, with the intention of getting back to normal, but it doesn't look like our government's going to let us get back to normal anytime soon, which is maddening, maddening. I can't imagine people out there that have gotten the vaccine, what you must be thinking right now, you must be incredibly frustrated. Because I'm sure the majority of people listening got the vaccination with the sole intention 
of just getting back to normal. And that is not happening anytime soon. Now Biden comes out and says, oh, but you know, hey, 4th of July, 4th of July, we should be back to normal. That's bullcrap. You and I both know it. So, and then what's going to happen in the fall? What's going to happen with uh, when cold and flu season, you know, rears its ugly head again? Are we going to go back to mask mandates? Are we going to go back to lockdowns? Is this ever going to end? Because viruses will never go away. They are part of our life. They have been part of our life since, since Eve took a bite of that apple. We're all going to die. That is a fact of life. It just is. So why? Why would we not live our life? Live the days that we have remaining fully? Why not? You know, I got my hair done today. Paid way too much money, by the way. But whatever. She's very good at what she does, and I really like her. Anyway, we were talking, and she was talking about how she was helping another client. Uh, She was a young woman, mid-30s, her and her husband. And they were going out to celebrate the fact that they were both fully vaccinated and that they were leaving their house for the first time in a year. She called the restaurant that they were planning on going to dinner at and told them, you know, they gave them strict instructions that they were to be isolated from other diners. Um, and, you know, just living her best fearful life because, you know, the media has done such a good job in scaring the shit out of this girl that she is scared to step outside and she's scared to live her life. And she has basically lost a year of her life. Think about that for a minute. Anybody out there that has been super scared and hunkered down and, and shying away from the crap that's going on out there, I really feel bad. I really do. That is sad to lose a year of your life to this virus that has a 99.5% recovery rate for people under 60. That's, that's just, it's insane. And it's wrong that the government has done this to us. And I don't understand why more people don't get angry about it. And more people just stand up and say, enough is enough. No more. We are the ones that run this country. These people that we elected, they can, we can, we can get them out of office. We just have to vote them out of office. Stop voting for the same crazies over and over and over again because you recognize the name, right? I mean, it all starts with your local officials and getting involved and voting these wackos out of office. Now, the CDC, we didn't vote these people in. And why we're allowing this organization, this agency, so much power is really mind-boggling. The fact that they are single-handedly destroying the cruise industry. It's just, it's criminal. It really is. And how their, their guidelines, quote unquote, change and waffle every single day. It's something different. So how can you possibly trust this organization when they don't really know what they're doing? At least it appears that way. And it's all about a political agenda. There's an article from Vail, Arizona. Have you guys seen this? It's a viral video going around. I first saw it on Twitter. Um, in a nutshell, the people in Vail, Arizona, parents at a school, um, well, let me just read this article. It might be easier if I just read it. Uh, it's Arizona school board flees. Parents elect new school, new board and vote to end mask mandate. 
On Tuesday, the Vail School District in southern Arizona was scheduled to discuss its mask policy after Governor Doug Ducey enacted a new executive order that lifted the state's order to require face masks in schools. In response to the meeting, more than 100 parents rallied for the Vail School District to drop the mask mandate. But just moments before the meeting was scheduled to take place, school officials abruptly decided to cancel the meeting, citing safety concerns over the parents' protest. A throng of parents later pushed their way into the boardroom while refusing to wear masks and demanded to speak with their elected officials. Oh, hold on. Let me click here to read the full story. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, In response to the meeting, more than a, whoops, hold on. Yeah. More than 100 parents rallied for the Vail School District to drop the mask mandate, but just moments before the meeting was scheduled to take place, school officials abruptly decided to cancel the meeting, citing safety concerns over the parents' protest. I think I just read that. Um, in response, the Vail Board called 911, and Pima County Sheriff Nanos told a news agency a sergeant and four deputies showed up in just over a minute. The district said the sheriff told the board to adjourn the study session because the crowd was uncontrollable, but the, sher- but the sheriff said that's false. The board made that decision on their own, and crowd control was not an issue because these parents were not riding. They were just standing there. They wouldn't leave. Emotions ran high as parents confronted law enforcement, demanding to know why the board canceled the meeting. They, the school board, have the audacity to leave when we come here as peaceful parents to talk to them, one parent passionately said. Following the adjournment, the parents under Robert rules of law, Robert's Rules of Order voted in a new school board. Then the new members voted to end the mask requirement in Vail schools. Whether this procedure to install new boards is legally valid remains in contention. Um, so I don't know, but I, I watched the video of it. And it was pretty inspiring, honestly. All these fed up parents who are so tired of their kids, who has now, it's now been proven and studies have shown that the COVID vaccine, the COVID-19 virus doesn't, in essence, affect children. Okay. So they're now being political tools for, you know, the, the agenda to try to keep people in line. And these parents are not having it. And so they're not leaving. They're all standing there like, no, we're going to discuss this and we're going to overturn this because this is stupid and we're tired of our kids not being able to go to school and be a normal human child. So the school board apparently got so fed up, they just left. They all quit. Which, you know, it's is fine because they're elected by the, by the community to be on the school board to begin with. So they all quit. Well, these parents quickly elect five new school school board members and they then vote on the vast mask mandate and they all of course vote it down and the meeting is adjourned and all the parents go home and it's just so inspirational to see it happening because I think that's what it's going to take ultimately to get out of this nightmare is just groups of people standing up rallying together and saying Enough is enough. We're not going to take it anymore. In addition to that, I think that unfortunately, some of these are going to have to go to court. And I think some of these companies and uh, are going to have to be sued um, because they're just not backing down. And people have reached the end of their rope. They don't know what to do. It's crazy. We've got to get back to normal. It's been over a year now. Um, these so-called injectables are out there and people are, you know, so-called protected. I mean, I hope they are, honestly. And we need to get back to normal. Cases have dropped dramatically. Um, It seems to to be we're getting a handle on it. So let's, what's the holdup? What's going on? So I just think that it's about control and they don't want to give it up. They're having a hard time giving it up. And I just think that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a bunch of people standing up, putting their foot down and saying, no more crap, we're done. You're not going to control us anymore. We're taking matters back into our own hands. We elected you, you are no longer doing what we want you to do. So you need to get out. And I think that's what's going to take. So kudos to the parents of the Vail School District in Southern Arizona. Good job, guys. 
That is very encouraging to see that happening. And I think that that's what it's going to take to really turn this tide and in, the, in the other direction. Okay, gosh, I had so much more to talk about. I feel like I mean, since I haven't talked to you guys in two weeks, there's a lot to catch up on. Um, but we're getting up there in time. And I know your time is precious. So let's shift gears and talk about the book that I read. So the book review for this week is called The Arrangement by Kirsten Moglin. Ooh, I'm pretty sure I crucified that name. Uh, Kirsten Modglin, M-O-D-G-L-I-N. Um, and uh, let me read you the blurb, then I'll read you the first chapter, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Ainsley Greensburg is a fixer. It's what she prides herself on. So when she realizes her marriage is at its breaking point, she makes a decision to repair it no matter the cost. Approaching her husband to propose the arrangement is supposed to be the hard part, but Peter agrees to the salacious plan almost immediately. The rules are simple. They will each date someone new once a week. They will never discuss what happens on the dates. Soon, though, the rules are broken, turning terrible mistakes into unspeakable consequences. When the only person they can count on to keep their darkest secret is each other, new questions and deceits surface. Can they truly trust the person they share a life with or will the vicious lies that have mounted over the years destroy everything they've built? Once Peter and Ainsley vowed to stand together forever, but as they push boundaries of deception, suspicion, and temptation, each begins to wonder if till death do us part may come sooner than they'd intended. It's a great blurb, by the way. It definitely gets my attention. Doesn't it get yours? Okay. Chapter one from The Arrangement by Kirsten Moglin. Ainsley. This is from Ainsley's point of view. My husband had a tail like no other. When he lied to me, his skin flushed bright red. Not the slightest blush red, but I've just run a marathon red. It was also the color he became when he was embarrassed. It was that shade of red I was staring at that night across the dinner table as we discussed our new arrangement. So, no questions at all, he asked, rubbing his thumb over his palm. None, I agreed. It's the only way we can be sure it will work. We aren't accountable to each other for what happens when we're out. We'll each have total freedom. <sighs> okay, He's, he was breathless, doing everything he could to avoid meeting my eyes. But we should have some other rules. That piqued his curiosity. His gaze found mine. Other rules, like what? I tapped my finger against my lips, though I already knew what rules I would require. First of all, you can only make connections for your given day. You have Thursdays, I'll do Tuesdays. Every other day of the week, our life has to continue as normal. There are to be no connections made outside of the app at all. We won't give out our phone numbers, no phone calls or text, etc. And whoever you're with, whatever you do, protection is a must. We'll each need to get tested after every encounter. Of course, he said, nodding in agreement. This is just for fun, so I think we should also make a rule that we shouldn't agree to we shouldn't see anyone we're immensely attracted to. We don't want either of us to start making genuine connections. It's all physical. He nodded again swallowing. Okay, yeah, agreed. And the kids can never know, I said, lowering my voice. As far as they're concerned, nothing can change. You'll be working late on Thursdays. I'll be working late on Tuesdays. Simple as that. He ran his fingers across his lips. Are you sure we can do this? I looked down at the table as the sickly feeling washed over me, the one that had been over present, ever present since the arrangement was proposed a week ago. I don't think we have a choice. You know I love you, right? He asked, the tremble in his voice more noticeable than ever. I love you too, Peter. This isn't about that. We both agree that things aren't working as they are, and we can either give up and walk away, or we can try something new. 
I paused, watching his facial expression harden. I'm trying here. I know, I know you are. I don't want to lose you, okay? He said very very matter-of-factly. So when do we start? Well, we can both set up our profiles on the app tonight and start connecting right away. I held up a finger, jaw dropping. Oh, I almost forgot. I think we should use fake names. It will be easier to keep it all quiet that way. We don't want anyone to find out who we are or that we're married or where we work. Yeah, you're right. I like that idea, he said, running his palm over his face. Okay, great. So I'll be Annie Green, I said, a version of my first name and a portion of our last name, Greensburg. And you can be Pete Patterson, he answered quickly. Apparently, he'd already given it some thought. I've always wanted that last name, like James. He flushed red again as he mentioned his favorite author. I nodded. Okay, and we need to make sure we put that we're only looking for something casual. I don't want anyone to get hurt in this process, us or them. We're going to end up with a lot of married people doing the same thing, I'd say, he said, then laughed. If only there was an option to just put that as your status. I didn't laugh with him because my mind was on whom I might know that, that may be doing something similar. Somehow it brought me comfort to know we may not be alone. Maybe we weren't so messed up after all. Maybe others had tried to do this outside of Hollywood movies. Maybe they'd had better results than I'd seen depicted in the movies. That was how the idea was first brought up. During an evening of Netflix last week, we watched the latest sitcom where the couples decided an open marriage was the answer to their problems. We've seen it a hundred times in a hundred different films or shows, but this time, something sparked inside of me as I watched the wife go out with a stranger. Peter said some people were crazy. I said we should try it. He laughed. I did not. And now a week to the day later, here we were. It wasn't as if we, I was some sex-crazed maniac like some may think. I was simply a woman who loved her husband very much, yet who had been driven to her breaking point. Long ago, sometime between the birth of our first child and the 10th birthday of our third, our marriage fizzled out. We'd become the cliché couple that you see too often depicted in movies or books. We were both boring, blah, never touching, rarely talking, both so consumed with work and kids and social media that we didn't have the time or the energy to seek out what needed to be fixed. It wasn't that we hadn't tried. The year before, we'd committed to a date night per week, which was pushed back to a date night per month. It had been seven months at this point since our last one. Date nights were hard to swing with children at home. Scheduling a sitter weekly added up, cut into family time, and even when we had tried to squeeze in alone time once the kids were asleep, one of us was always too tired or had too much to catch up on. Two people dedicated to their demanding careers in a stifled marriage made it almost inevitable that problems would soon develop. And we were not immune. Problems had arisen in every way. In the end, I supposed, the cards were stacked against us from every direction, but I was determined not to give up. I was not going to get divorced. I was not going to break up my family and tell my children their father and I would be living apart. We couldn't subject them to a new stepmother and stepfather and all the confusion that came with that. Peter and I had both grown up that way, and we'd agreed years ago to never let it get that bad, but it had. It was too much. So this was what we'd come to. This was where we were, sitting across from each other at our family dinner table, preparing to desecate, desecrate our marriage via the wonderful world of online dating, or I guess in our case, online hooking up. If I hadn't felt so desperate, I would have been mortified, but it would do no good. I needed to fix this marriage like I fixed so much else in our house and lives, and I'd chosen to move it to the top of the list, above shopping for Maisie's dress for the school dance and behind buying Dylan new cleats for soccer. Our marriage needed to be fixed. And what makes the heart grow fonder, quicker than absence? Animal sex with strangers. I had to hope. I tapped my phone screen, watching it light up. So... We set up our profiles and arranged dates, and then next week, we start. He nodded, rubbing his lips together, his eyes wide. He thought I was trying to trick him, as he would never have expected me to suggest anything this extreme, but he knew me well enough to know I solved problems with an unyielding sword. I was a fixer, straight to the source, and we needed to be fixed. 
We'd cut the issues out of our marriage with a few romps in the sack, and then things would be better than ever. I was going to make sure of it. I'd accept nothing less. Okay, well, good luck to you, Annie Green, he said, a small, sad smile playing on his lips as he picked up his phone. Good luck, Pete. I reached for his hand, squeezing it as I used my other to press the download button on the app that would change our lives. The app that would fix everything. I just had to hope it wasn't all a terrible mistake.
So you have to admit that was a pretty interesting premise. You have to admit that if you've been married for a number of years, it's a subject, it's a topic that you have either thought about, maybe even talked about. Who knows? Maybe you've tried it. I will have been married 31 years the end of this month. And, you know, marriage is hard. Ups and downs, triumphs, failures. Uh, It takes a lot of work. And I will not say that our marriage has been perfect. Far from it. Far from it. We've had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, But we've endured. We've grown together. We've changed together. We've compromised. um, And we've gone through, you know, just different chapters of our lives. We started living together. Then we got married. Then we had children. um, Then he got a, a new job couple of jobs. I got a couple of jobs, stayed at home for a while. Then the kids moved out, we became empty nesters. And you know, our relationship kind of mellowed over the years. Now, I wouldn't say my relationship is anything like Ainsley's relationship in this book. But I definitely understood where she was coming from on being a fixer. In fact, I tell people that at work all the time. I don't do drama. I don't care to listen to someone bitch and moan about something. Um, Get it off your chest. You got five minutes, go. And then once you've gotten it off your chest, move on. Fix it, come up with a solution and move on. There's no sense in wallowing in pity, in anger, whatever. Come up with a solution and move on. So I definitely understand Ainsley's personality. I understand her character in this story. So um, I kind of related to her in a lot of ways. Now, this was an interesting premise and how it was approached. Both parties agreed. And um, And it was interesting that that Kirsten gave us both point of views, both Ainsley's and Peter's. I think his name is. Yeah, Peter. Um, So you got all the emotional ups and downs and you got to know the characters. And um, it was interesting interactions on both of their parts with their strange partners And um, I I liked it to a point. And then it took a really weird, dark turn. And even then I could go along with it. I thought, okay, okay, this is interesting. Um, And then it took another dark turn. And she kind of lost me. I I wish I could talk about it. But if I do, I'll give away some spoilers. And I don't want to spoil it for you. So suffice it to say... mm, It was a little too twisty for me. She took the absolute worst case scenario and she added a little touch of ridiculousness to it. (laughs) But even then, I was at four stars until the very end. And then she killed it for me because she gave it one final twist. And then it just got ridiculous in my, in my fa- in my opinion. Okay. In my opinion. Now this got 4.2 stars on Goodreads. And as you all know, if you read my blog, right from Karen.com, that's W R I T E from Karen.com. I don't read anything less than four stars reviewed on Goodreads. Once in a while, I'll, I'll review something three stars, but not very often. So that is the biggest reason why I went ahead and read this on my Kindle Unlimited. But because of that last weird twist at the end, I gave it three stars. So three stars out of five is my, my rating. Now, 
That's not to say it's not a good story. And it's a it's a fun, different approach to a problem that we've all thought about at one point in our lives. And it's come on. At some point in your marriage, you wonder, what would it be like to have an open marriage? Could our marriage survive it? Would it make it better? It would certainly be different. But anyway, so I gave it three stars only because the ending was just a little too bizarre for me. That's the only reason why. So I recommend it, but be prepared, I guess is what I'm saying, because it gets a little out there. Not to say that the arrangement is not a believable story or a believable premise, because it is. But Kirsten, she, she, she twisted just a little too tightly for me to the point where I just, I just, I put it down. I said, oh, come on. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, I, I'm neutral. Okay. I, I wouldn't say I, I recommend it, but I wouldn't say avoid it either. I'm just neutral. So do with that what you will. Okay, one last thing, and I'll let you go. Um, <clears throat> really going to focus on sticking to a schedule on my blog this month, because I feel so bad about missing so many, so many days last month, <clears throat> partly because I was sick, and partly I was just, just too tired to think. And, and with my challenging work life, this month, it's going to be really challenging to me to keep up with my blog. But for some reason, I seem to thrive on being super busy. I focus better when I have a lot of things to do. I don't know why I just do as opposed to not having as much to do. And then I just find myself procrastinating and putting it off and then I just don't do it. So so maybe this is a good thing that I'm going to be super busy this month because <clears throat> that's my goal. Anyway, and I also want to start a writing challenge every Friday. I'm going to call it Friday Fix or Friday, sorry, Fiction Friday. <laughs> I've had so many different names run through my head. I kind of forgot what I've called it, but it's called Fiction Friday. There's a page on my blog that kind of explains it. And I just thought it would be fun every Sunday to post a prompt, a writing prompt. And then on Friday, post your fiction. So <clears throat> come back on Friday Leave me a link to your story in the comments. I'll read it and, um, you know, offer some feedback if you like. And feel free to offer feedback on mine. And we'll just kind of start a little writing challenge. Um, I don't know. I don't want to call it meme, but whatever. Writing challenge. So um, just to, you know, exercise our fiction chops, if you will. And speaking of that, uh, I do have a Patreon if you're interested in in supporting me in what I'm doing. <clears throat> and um, I'm, I'm changing up a little bit. I'm changing the tiers up a little bit. I'm going to have one tier of probably $2. So you can join for $2 and support me. You can get an invitation to my Discord server. We can get to know each other. We can have some laughs you know, exchange some writing tips and exchange writing works and um, just have a good time. So if you're interested in that, please consider my Patreon. There's a link on my blog in the sidebar and I would love to have you over there and, um, you know, hang out on Discord and just exchange ideas and support each other because, you know, it's a writing community and it's hard to find fellow writers that, you know, um, <clears throat> like to do what you like to do. <laughs> so if that makes sense, I don't know, it's getting late. It's 11 o'clock. <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice. And I think it's probably time to wrap it up. So um, thanks so much for listening. As always, I appreciate your time and your interest. And I hope you have a lovely week. It's May. 
It's beautiful weather or it's starting to become beautiful weather. It's spring, the sun's shining more. It's starting to warm up, at least in the Western hemisphere. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it's just, just enjoy life, embrace it fully, be alert, not anxious. And don't worry, this too shall pass. So have a lovely morning, afternoon, evening. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.